You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. And away we go. It's another edition of the Arrowhead Pride Editor Show. My name is Pete Sweeney. I'm the editor-in-chief of Pride.com, joined once again by my esteemed deputy editor, John Dixon. John, do you have any headache or head pain today at all? No, I, I feel really well, badly, I, I, though. I, I, I'm just, I'm surprised by that since the sky is falling. <laughs> oh, oh, you yeah. See what see. You got, yeah, you see no. what I'm doing? Yeah. You got, you got what I'm doing there? Yeah. Yeah, the Chiefs I, I, I see up. what you did there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah, that's for you uh, and our great audience. The Chiefs lose to the... Denver Broncos by a score of 24 to nine. And uh, you would think that it was their 17th loss, by the way, that uh, we've seen <laughs> X in our comments uh, this last night and, and this morning. Uh, we'll get into what happened in the loss and where the Chiefs go from here throughout the show. want to tell you, if you leave a rating and review on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network on Apple iTunes, we will read it. But we have not had one for a couple weeks now so the floor is wide open if you read us or if you leave us a comment a question anything we will get to it before we get into everything on the show we of course will have our world famous marinated takeaways today i know that there are some chiefs fans that are dying for some negativity john and i can't always provide that for you so we're bringing in steve for a marinated takeaway (laughs) he's perfect for that uh head coach andy reed did talk uh this morning we'll get to the point spread there's a trade rumor We'll get into. I was going to do it at the top of the show, but this player is not not to the point where I think we need to lead off with any kind of breaking news. But we will get to a trade rumor that actually sees sees the Chiefs sending a receiver. Everyone wants a receiver. No, they <laughs> they are thinking about sending one of their receivers elsewhere. Uh, but let's start with Andy Reid. It is officially a Germany week, coming off a, a really disappointing performance by Kansas City against the Denver Broncos. They get their first win against Kansas City since 2015. Uh, and there was a key play in this, John, uh, in this game, John, in which uh, Sky Moore had what appeared to be on the broadcast. And I think as we were all watching it, this golden opportunity late in the game on a fourth down play looked like he could have had a touchdown and it was a drop. I mean, it really looked like a drop. But head coach Andy Reid during the press conference this morning went out of his way. This was under his own volition. He wasn't even really asked about this play uh, precisely, but he went out of his way to talk about Sky Moore and maybe a, a problem with the officiating. Here's head coach Andy Reid. Yeah, listen, I mean, we go through all that stuff. Um, you know, I, I I would tell you, you look at Sky Moore, Sky Moore is going to take heat for dropping uh, the ball. Well, when you look at it on tape, uh, you see that his inside arm was dragged down, you know, so away from the ball. So listen, the officials are, are human. Um, they do a good job. Uh, it's just, you know, sometimes it's hard to see everything, you know, that's a tough, tough deal by angles and all that. But uh, I would tell you the majority of the time they, they do a good job with all that. 
Well, I, I went back and saw the play, and and there there is a a pretty clear grab of his arm. I, there is a case to be made that he, perhaps he should have made the play anyway. Uh, but this is now the the second time in recent memory that Andy Reid has been fearless in going after officials, and it's just not something that we have seen in in previous seasons. And I I got to think even past the Sky Moore play in this game, I. I got to think there was even more frustration and he chose to use this as an example. I know there's a, another clip going around uh, about the Broncos being especially grabby on that late game interception. And so uh, this is a, a, a different uh, style, I think, for for Andy Reid than we have seen in, in recent years. Yeah, uh, I'm kind of mad at him, frankly, for this bringing this up. This was going to be one of my marinated takeaways uh, because, wow. you know, I, I wanted to talk about this because it didn't seem to me that uh, it looked to me from the broadcast video. And I hadn't yet had an opportunity to look at the all 22 until I realized I didn't need to. Uh, <laughs> the um, It appeared to me that the ball wasn't quite as on target as everybody was making it out to be. But I think that Reed's interpretation might be correct that what I saw as a ball that was a little off target was Moore's hand or his arm, inside arm being pulled down. It looked to me on one of the replays that I saw that uh, the ball had come in a little bit on his inside arm, that it wasn't like it was. I mean, it hit his hands. I agree. You can make a, a good argument that he should have caught the ball anyway. I, I'm. I'm perfectly happy to go along with that, but I, I wanted to argue against the idea that this was a perfectly thrown ball that any fool could have caught. I don't think that's the case at all. And I think in Kansas City, we're always extra, ultra, whatever you want to call it, cautious to criticize Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes mm-hmm. could have made another decision on fourth down there, whatever, whether it be to maybe do a check down or, or run. Uh, and look, Mahomes very much more than any NFL player maybe ever uh deserves the benefit of the doubt right you're not you're going to try to really never blame him but i think on that particular play could have made another decision to at least extend the drive and see where you go from there not to be and you get the the sky more non-call drop whatever you want to call it just another one of the many mistakes that the chiefs made in this game to lose to the denver broncos i know that going into the game john we have heard fans and uh analysts alike calling for the Chiefs to trade for uh, a wide receiver. Uh, so coming off the loss, I, I asked Andy Reid whether after watching this game, he felt like the the Chiefs had enough in the room. Here's Andy. Uh, I, listen, I, I do. It was a combination of things. You know, it was one of those where we were kind of chasing, whether it was uh, starting with me with a, a play call, whether it was the play that was called was okay, but we had a breakdown in protection, whether the protection was good and the play was good. We, you know, receiver dropped the ball or we didn't make the right read, you know, from, from our quarterback side and, uh, you know, and, or we were running a wrong route. So it, it was one of everything. Uh, so when I mentioned that last night about there were things that I hadn't seen before, uh, from this from this group, who I have a lot of trust in, um, I I saw things I hadn't seen before. So somewhere I, I didn't get that point across to to the guys and um, you know and, and my coaches. So it, we've got to we got to make sure we do a better job there. 
Another surprising moment. This is similar to the referee comments that we've been seeing lately from Andy Reid because Andy Reid just doesn't go here at all in, in naming parts of the team that didn't live up to expectations in the game. And so like a two or three on the scale of like criticizing his own team is like a 10 for Andy Reid. And I think mm-hmm. he went there yeah. and, he, and he kind of said, my players didn't play well last night. He never even gets remotely close uh, to there. So I just think the, and and he was good with his answer there. Uh, I, I think the frustration uh, is palpable and it's one of those things because you ask that question because you have to ask that question. Do you have enough in the room? You're never going to say, no, we need to go make a move. because You're not going to show your cards. <laughs> but at the yeah. same time, I just think it was telling that he went as far as to say, like, I think we made a lot of mistakes in this game. It doesn't say necessarily anything about the room. I know people are going to kill me for this. I still think they have enough. Patrick Mahomes wakes up third in the league in passing yards. I believe uh, fifth in touchdowns, seventh in completion percentage. Uh, I look at last year, and the only difference, as I mentioned a million times, is Juju Smith-Schuster and Rasheed Rice. And the Chiefs have noticed that now. Rasheed Rice led wide receivers in snaps uh, in in last uh, last game. And I think this was that quicksand-style game. It seems like Andy Reid felt like that uh, as well, um, where nothing was going right. And one of those, what do they call it, Murphy's Law, John? Everything that can go wrong <laughs> uh, did go wrong. And... That happens in the NFL, and the Chiefs do have a, you know, it seems like a duddy year, and I'm I'm more thinking like that. It, it For me, it's more of the dud thing than any sign of the wide receivers. However, I do understand that there is going to be annoyance with that take from, from me. I've seen it already, um, and I get it. I get it to an extent. They're they're already mad at you for your opinion you hadn't even expressed yet. Okay, excellent. That's great, yeah. Pete. I just and, know. I, 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 <laughs> the number one rule of this game, John, know your audience. And I know my audience is annoyed by uh, me still thinking that they have enough. I know that. Well, I have to tell you, that was a world champion run-on sentence that Andy Reid gave us going through all the, the problems they were chasing, right. uh, as he put it. Um, and there were a lot of them. I, it's true that there was just a lot of stuff that went wrong. I have an itemized list here of the people who've received blame for this loss. Of course, Sky Moore is at the top of it. Then Andy Reid, then Patrick Mahomes, Matt Nagy, uh, Eric Bieniemy because he's not there anymore. Apparently, that gives him cause to be blamed. Travis Kelsey uh, right. for going to the World Series game on Friday night. Taylor Swift for not being at the game. And finally, my favorite. Mm-hmm. The two-year-old kid who gave the Mahomes kid the flu. (laughs) So, you know, there's a lot of room for blame here. And I just want to make this clear that I'm willing to take the brunt of this. I'm the one who several times this week mentioned the winning streak Hmm. and how the Chiefs were about to. I, I wrote this a number of times. I think every opportunity I had to mention the winning streak, I brought it up. And then later in the week, I started talking about Mahomes going 13-0 and for the first time in NFL history. And everybody I talked to, I brought those things up. Right. I feel personally responsible for this loss. If it, if it we, makes people better, you can just put it, feel better. You can just put it on me. I'm just, did, I'm willing to do that. It did have this underlying feeling of trap game going into it. I, I had mentioned this and we do the air reports now every day where Steve and I get together uh, during the days that the, you know, Chiefs are going to talk to the media, and uh, it just felt like there was the Broncos had some more juice than they did three weeks ago, like a lot more. I, I don't even know why it felt that mm-hmm. way. And you're playing yeah. in Denver, and you know, I, I've mentioned this in articles and other media opportunities that I've had. Like, 
this was the biggest game of the, the Broncos season. So the Chiefs needed to play clean football. I mean, we we knew that going in. So when you have five turnovers, you're going to get what you're going to get. Uh, and it was a team that finally finally was able to break through. Like I, I think there are some positives to a loss, especially as you're about to go into teams you have to beat. Because, again, you know, and I'm, I'm trying to paint a glass half full thing here. Given a win in the Broncos, of course, in the division is is not great, but they're not one of these teams that's going to be vying for the top of the AFC. You're about to play Miami. I know Philly is in between there, but you get uh, you get Buffalo and Cincinnati. So maybe the this terrible loss refocuses you, and you know you you kind of get humbled by it, similar to what we saw week one, and you're able to 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 play these games in a fashion where you're you're a better team for it. And so we'll see what they can do as far as a bounce back moving forward. That was a question for Andy Reid. Um, today, how do you bounce back from a loss like that? Yeah, Matt. Well, I'm, you know, it's, uh, you, you said it. I mean, you've got to learn from it. And there's a couple of ways you can go about it. You can hang, hang your head or, or you can face the facts and try to get better. And so we've tried to go about it that way, make ourselves a better team. Um, I don't know if that ties into the wins or losses after, after a bad game, but I, I, I mean, that's the way we approach it. We've got good players here and good coaches, and there's a small margin between winning and losing in this league. And so you got to stay on top of your game all the time, every minute of it. So you you start with that, and then you go to the rest of it, things that we can learn from. I wrote this in the newsletter, and I, I thought it was a, a, a big moment uh, you know, in the course of this season where Mahomes at the end of his presser was asked, you know, how do you make sure that this doesn't snowball? And he just was definitive and saying it won't. And now you got to wait until Sunday morning here in Kansas City to, to see how the Chiefs respond. But I, I think when you are dealing with a loss of that magnitude, John, and you mentioned the streak is now over, you want to play as soon as possible. So there, the Chiefs, right. fans, Chiefs fans get to, to wake up and, and instantly, you know, hopefully you, you kind of bounce back in a way that you, that you feel good uh, against the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, it'll be nice to have a game out of the way by noon, too. That'll be that'll mm-hmm. be nice. <laughs> yeah. No, tremendous. And speaking of Germany, the Chiefs, uh, I know that that there has been some talk about this. Chiefs are, are planning to go to Germany on Thursday evening. The Miami Dolphins are going today because they are feeling like there's an advantage, I believe, to to getting acclimated to the time change. I think the Chiefs are looking at it as let's try to keep it as close to our routine as possible. I mean, there's nothing to routine about having to travel and you you have the time zone change, but here was Andy Reid's explanation for why the Chiefs are going on Thursday as opposed to the beginning of the week. Yeah, yeah, everybody kind of does it a little different. Um, we, we did this a couple of years ago when we went to London. Um, I've done it before with other teams, and so I, I just, uh, you know, it, it worked. So I've kind of stuck stuck by it. You know, we'll see how it goes. I, you know, there's a anyways. That, that's that's. I'm not sure there's any right or wrong way. I mean. Teams have done it all different ways, but I've had success doing it this way. Now, what he's referencing is that 45 to 10 win uh, back in 2015 when Alex Smith was the the quarterback. And uh, I mean, you can make a case that this is a much more serious team that they're going up against. But uh, Andy Reid did it one way the last time. And if you win and you're able to win by 35 points, uh, I think there is something to why change that that method to your madness. I can see why Andy Reid would look at it that way, but in this comment, he uh, 
puts out there something that I really like about Andy Reid is he recognizes he doesn't have all the answers all the time. And I always respect that in people. And Andy Reid is one of the people who really does it well. He'll say, well, this is the way I've always done it. It's been successful. I'm going to continue to do it that way because that's who I am. But, hey, you know, there's lots of ways to do it and other people do it different ways. And I, I love that. I love that attitude from Andy Reid. Always have. Well, he's a man of routine, um, but he is someone who constantly reassesses, and mm-hmm. that's why yeah. you've seen the longevity of him. Uh, I know that he did uh, coach one franchise and then ended up moving, but you know, to have so many years with the same franchise and do it twice, uh, pretty impressive. You know, there is always that shelf life in the NFL. There will be a day when Andy Rude won't be the quarter or the uh, head coach of the Kansas City Chiefs, um, but uh, I think his staying power is driven from. A sticking to the routine until mm-hmm. he realizes like the routine needs to change. And then he makes um, right. those, those changes as, as he goes. Speaking of potential changes, the, the chiefs could be making John, as we were about to record and Steve was just waiting for us all day. I mean, I just, he was ready for us to go and I couldn't do it because I couldn't <laughs> write articles, but Richie James, this was a little bit surprising to me just because uh, I think the chiefs are still trying to figure out their wide receiver room. And I thought he looked pretty good in preseason and training camp. And then at, the, at least at the beginning of the season, uh, but Richie James is his name's out there as a potential trade away uh, candidate. You would think that this would be for like a day three pick, something like that. The chiefs signed him. Uh, during the offseason, had over 500 yards for the New York Giants last year, and they saw him as a returner. Uh, but then they were able to get McCole Hardman back, who we know Dave Tober guards as one of the greatest returners uh, he has ever coached. Uh, I know that's tough to say after his mishap uh, yesterday and, and what it meant for the Broncos' chances of winning the game. But did, did it surprise you that Richie James is suddenly available uh, from Kansas City, John? Well, I think uh, we've talked previously on the show about what happened to Richie James. Uh, because he was right. a, he, he was a, a guy that we thought at the beginning of the season was going to be a significant contributor, and then he really wasn't. And then he got hurt, and he kind of dropped off the face of the earth. Uh, and, you know, nobody nobody was asking Andy Reid how his injury was going, and and there was a lot of uh, unknown about that. I mean, it right. was an MCL injury, which theoretically could have had him out for the whole year. And so it would have been entirely reasonable for reporters to be asking Reed about it every week, what's going on with this guy, but nobody was even asking. And um, and and then Reed, a few days ago, actually volunteered a piece of information that he was close to coming back. So that means that they're getting ready to put him back on the roster long enough to trade him away, apparently. So um, right. it, the whole thing has been very odd. And um, but it's you know, of course this is everybody's all worked up about trading for a wide receiver in the treat. The chiefs are actually talking about trading one away. <laughs> so yeah. early on here, we put up an article and right now we have about 300 votes. Uh, 79% of chiefs fans that read our website are saying, yes, trade them away. They're, they're done with Richard yeah. James. The best ability, the best ability is availability. And he, he's been unavailable. Let's get into a greater conversation about the trade deadline, John, because this is coming up fast on uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Halloween. 3 p.m. Arrowhead time is is the deadline uh, here. And you look at the Chiefs wide receiver room. Uh, Sky Moore, Marquez Valdez, Scantling, Rasheed Rice, McCole Hardman, Justin Watson, Kadarius Toney. Uh, we know that Richie James is on IR. Justin Ross is currently on the commissioner's exempt list, which means uh, out of the Chiefs hands right now, they uh, cannot practice uh, Justin Ross. They cannot play him in any game. So as of this moment, and, and we'll see if that changes 
uh, in the future here. But as of this moment, there are six wide receivers on the roster. And I know it's been a big question, John, of what can the Chiefs really do when it comes to the wide receiver position? There is a desire, I think, from the fan base to have Kansas City go out and get a guy and I'm going to throw it in, into your hands. How possibly is, is that even uh, when you consider that the Chiefs don't have a ton of money when it comes to their salary cap? Yeah, um, there's been some speculation about that, suggesting that the Chiefs might, you know, have uh, enough money in the cap, in their cap space right now, and the potential to maybe do a restructure on, say, Travis Kelsey's contract. But I just, I just don't see this happening. I, I, I don't think Brett Veach wants to empty out the salary cap mm-hmm. uh, at this point in the season to bring in another player. Uh, who might just be a nine game rental. I just, I just yeah. don't see that. Um, I also don't think it makes sense to raid Travis Kelsey's contract for uh, money to pay a player who might, who would probably be a nine game rental. Um, you know, I have all the faith in the world in Travis Kelsey, but if I'm running the chiefs, I don't want a, to add another two and a half million dollars to his cap hit in the next each of the next two years um, when he's going to be, you know, 35 and 36 years old. I just don't think that's a wise move. Even right. if you think that, that Kelsey's going to be an effective player in those years. And, and, and I've got no reason to think he won't be. Um, and I suppose that sounds a little hypocritical, but I just think if you're smart, you don't have that huge cap hit on a player that's that age. I, I just, I just don't see that happening. Now the names that you see, the, yeah, the names that you see out there, like are Mike Evans, that yeah. cap hits twenty three million. Uh, even Hollywood Brown, thirteen yeah. million, right? Like Curtis Samuel, thirteen. Any of these guys that you want to mention, uh, I just think are out of the realm. Even if the Chiefs were to miraculously work on their cap and do it, and then I was like, all right, let me compile guys where like the cap hit is manageable. The one that really jumps out to me is Jerry Judy, who had a nice day against Kansas City. I just don't think Denver's trading him to the Chiefs. Like, why would they yeah. they, they do that? I mean, you could just tell yesterday um, just how badly they wanted. And uh, I know that we saw it a few years ago where Orlando Brown ended up being the, the missing piece. I know that uh, he's a very polarizing player uh, where the Baltimore Ravens did it. That was surprising to me. I just don't think you're going to see that in the division. So if you take Judy out of that mix and you think about the realm of like, okay, who could cost you two, three, four million dollars? KJ Osborne, are they really trading him? The Vikings with the with the Jefferson injury? I don't think so. Darnell Mooney, I don't know if Chicago would be willing to do that. Is he really better than anyone that the Chiefs currently have? Russell Gage, same thing. Paris Campbell, same thing. These are names that like I went through the list and I said, okay, these make sense. These are from teams that uh, aren't really playing all that well. I, I think playoffs is probably a high hope, but at the same time, is there any fit that A, fits the salary cap space, and B, actually legitimately, like, look yourself in the mirror. Do any of those names really make you right. better? Right. I don't well, and look think at last so. year. Look at last year. You know, the issue that people bring up about this is that it takes a little while for a receiver to get acclimatized in Reed's system. And just a year ago, we saw this. Kadarius Tony was not somebody who immediately came into the system and, and spent a lot of time. He, he made some impacts. Of course, there were plays that they designed for him uh, so they could work him in. And he did some things that were very exciting, 
But this was never a guy who got a lot of snaps for the Chiefs and still doesn't, as a matter of fact. Yeah. Um, so it's not like you can bring in a guy like this and spend a lot of money on him and have him make an impact. We've seen this. It's not likely to happen. And I mentioned just the obsession about this. And like, granted, would it be great to have a Mike Evans in here? Would it be sure. great if the Chiefs yeah. were able to get one of those big four in the draft? Like I've said a million times, they were trying to trade up and do. Yes. Yeah. It is. So like as much as you desire one of those players, the reality is none of those guys are coming. Like not, I, I don't think the Chiefs are going to be able to make a move that is going to move the needle. It, it's going to be in the hands of Rasheed Rice. And then, you know, I, I go back to, and as I mentioned a little bit earlier, Mahomes still top three in passing yards. Uh, I know that Travis Kelsey has 500 of those, but you could see that Rice is getting better and better each week. I know that he had the drop. I'd probably be the first to admit he looked up field too fast. That happens when you're young. Ten games from now, maybe he's not doing that. Like I look at, like, and this is not Rasheed Rice right now. I look at Rasheed Rice at the end of this season when he has mm -hmm. 17 games under his belt. Yeah, that to me is going to be a better option than Juju Smith-Schuster was last year. Because I, I just don't feel like he's as talented as a receiver. And he's got all these injury problems and that slow him down. We saw that he was basically on half a knee last year. And so I I know that it's tough. I know that everyone wants instant gratitude in this in this game. And I, mm. you know, I get it. <laughs> but if you compare the two receiver rosters from last year, and you just think about Rasheed Rice as being a replacement from Juju Smith-Schuster, there is no difference in the room. MVS is around. Hardman is around. You still have Kadarius Tony around. Now you're you're just replacing Juju with Rice. And I just, I don't know. I still feel even after yesterday's disaster that Rice by the end of the season is going to be a guy that Mahomes can trust and that he can win a championship with. Um, not a popular take, I, I know, but that's just I still feel that way. I know, I know it. Uh, and and I think there are other reasons as we'll get into after the break. Uh, for why the Chiefs lost this game. I, I know that we're zoning in on the offense, but there are definitely some other parts of this that uh, I think the Chiefs could have been better in, in all capacity yesterday. Well, I'll just make one point that, that I made to you before the show when we were talking about this. Um, I think the main reason that the Chiefs won't make a move to get a wide receiver is that they've already done it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they've they've made a trade with another team to bring in a wide receiver and in a lot of ways, it was a very smart move. McCole Hardman is the one guy who can come into Kansas City and know exactly what to do and have a significant impact on the team. And uh, they gave up really not very much compensation to get him. And the contract is super favorable. Uh, it hardly cost him anything to put him on the roster. You know, yeah, he's going to make some mistakes. You know, but that's the nature of catching punts is mm -hmm. that sometimes you're going to muff one. That's just the way it is. And it's terrible that it's happened in that spot. But, you know, it's over now. There's nothing we can do about it. And and, the, and screaming about Michael Hardman isn't going to change the fact that whoever's out there is capable of muffing a punt. The snaps ended up yesterday. Rice leading the way in the receiver room at 37. Uh, MBS at 35. Sky Moore 33. This was kind of surprising to me. I thought Hardman would be in a more limited role on offense, but he had 22, the same as Justin Watson with his right. bionic, bionic elbow thing. Uh, Tony <laughs> Tony was surprising of having 12. I, and, you know, if there is one thing that it, that to me is of greater concern, if you trust me, and 
you believe that I'm right here. I guess we'll see in about 24 hours, but that this is the group. It's like they've really, it seems, lost a little bit of faith in, in Kadarius Tony for one reason or another, unless there's some kind of injury management thing built in, whatever it yeah, is. Yeah, that could be. Yeah. 12 snaps pops in the wide receiver room, um, just considering all of the like preseason hoopla that we all bought into myself included here. I'm not, I'm not, um, I'm not saying I was free from this, but uh, where we believe that Tony was going to be uh, the guy this year, it, it just seems like we're a far cry from any of that energy, you know, at this stage of the game. Well, they may have just made a choice that it's better to have him available for a smaller amount of time right. every game right. than to have him available for a smaller amount of time by missing five games. You know, right, you right, end up right, getting right. the same amount of, of snaps for him, but they're just, you know, they're just every week instead you of. Can you can design special plays, maybe right. design for him. Um, right. And have a guy that, that there isn't a lot of film on every week, too. Right, right. It is interesting. We'll uh, continue to track those snap counts as we go here. And should the Chiefs make a trade? And uh, I have, uh, what do they call it? Egg on your face? I have a ton of egg on my face. I will wear that egg to an emergency podcast uh, tomorrow uh, here on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. Remains to be seen. When we come back, it is Marinated Takeaways. They're world famous. And Steve is going to join us. Stay with us. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Well, I'm going to let this marinate. You know, let that one marinate, and then we can circle back. Adapt. React. Readapt. Takes time. It takes years. <laughs> That's the takeaway. Back here on the Arrowhead Pride Editor Show, and you hear the music, it's time for those world-famous marinated takeaways, and you guys are especially hungry for them after they end up losing as opposed to winning that i know i know and probably even already throughout this show you're sick of of hearing uh, john and i look at the bright side so we're bringing in mr rainy day himself steve serta <laughs> is going to give us a dose of negativity and steve let's actually start with your marinated takeaway yeah, from this absolutely. Game. What, yeah. what upset you uh, about the chief's disaster in denver I don't like that I'm the guy you bring in for this show to be <laughs> negative about the Chiefs. I don't appreciate no, I mean, that. We need that. We need some of that on this show. I don't think that I'm overly negative about no, the you Chiefs. Are. Yeah, uh, you are. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess this is going to be pretty negative. Um, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm stunned by that. 
So I'm with you guys. I don't really envision them uh, all of a sudden going from last week where it's like we see reports that they're going to they're good with what they got moving forward to now have one bad game and be like, okay, now we got to mortgage the future to bring in another wide receiver. Like I don't see the Chiefs making a big move for that, but I think what they can control moving forward offensively, because that's obviously where the issues really lie right now is what Patrick Mahomes is seeing on the field. And I don't think, despite the fact that Patrick Mahomes is still, you know, uh, like statistically like top five in virtually every category, he's still playing fine football for the most part. It's just that his standards have always been so much higher than everybody else. Patrick Mahomes needs to play better. Like, yeah. He just needs to let it rip. And and, and we, we've talked for weeks now about, you know, he's holding on the ball way too long, despite the fact that he's got good protection. Guys aren't getting open downfield. Some of that is on Mahomes, too. It's not just the wide receivers not getting open. It's Patrick Mahomes not trusting what he's seeing or holding on to the ball too long because he doesn't trust those guys are going to be in the spots that he's throwing the football like we've seen him do in years past where it's like, He's got this mind meld thing going on with Travis Kelsey. Like Patrick Mahomes has been really unsure of himself this season and they have to get better play out of him. Like he's got to be more confident in the wide receivers. He's got to get build more chemistry with them. And I don't think the offense is really going to make some kind of grand transition into playing better until Patrick Mahomes is out there playing more confidently. So my marinated takeaway is that Patrick Mahomes has to play better and he's got to let it rip sometimes. Stop hanging <laughs> on to the football. Uh, I, I don't disagree with you. I also, you know, I've said this to, to some friends, like very quietly here, Mahomes is a touch worse this season. Now it's a touch worse from very clearly the greatest player in the game. But I think he's fallen back to, you know, being like just regular top five which is you know what are we complaining about we're complaining about this you know grand luxury that the chiefs have but you're right there has been a little bit more of that hesitation is it receivers getting open down the field is it just uh he's not as playing as as well this year there have been some like really silly mistakes from Mahomes uh that maybe we haven't seen in previous years where the ball is just thrown up and maybe that's some frustration with the way that the chiefs are are um, getting played uh, defensively, but I, I've seen a little bit of that. I, I think everyone has like a little piece of this. Uh, everybody needs to play better offensive line, uh, pass catchers uh, included. And I don't think Mahomes is again completely innocent from what are the problems right now of the Chiefs' offense. Uh, John, let's go to you for your first marinated takeaway. I have to choose here. I want to expand on a point that uh, Rocky Magana made in his uh, five things we learned from the game. He was talking about Travis Kelsey being held back by the Denver defense and that he'd only had six catches for 58 yards. And of course, on the surface, that's like, oh, my God, you know, they Mm -hmm. they they stopped Travis Kelsey cold. Well, no, not really. The thing that we have to get used to here is that Travis Kelsey has a really high bar. If most tight ends in the league, if they had six catches for 58 yards, they'd be as happy as a clam. And even if you had averaged 58 yards a game, you would get just under a thousand yards in a 17 game season. And if, if Travis Kelsey has 58 yards, for every game in the rest of the season, he's going to easily eclipse a thousand yards because he already had 525 when this game began uh, yesterday. So 
I think it's important for us to remember that Travis Kelsey has a really high bar to clear every week. Right. And especially now that he's dating Taylor Swift, because apparently that makes a difference. Yeah. And, and we've seen the stats, uh, Taylor, like you said, Taylor's not innocent in this loss, uh, either Travis Kelsey <laughs> plays better when she's in the stands. We've known it from the CBS stat. And so she, uh, is not without blame. Even if it's 1%, she deserves a little bit, uh, for, for the chief's loss. Uh, my first merited takeaway, it's going to be positive and negative about the, uh, defense, uh, positive. Uh, let's, let's start with some happy stuff here. My God, did Brett Veach nail the first round of the 2022 NFL draft? Trent McDuffie and George Karloftis are studs, and mm, they are yeah. um, looking like two of the better picks in that entire round, and to nail two of them, uh, especially after years and years, I think, of Chiefs fans being upset with Brett Veach for not drafting players in the secondary or not taking a pass rusher. Like Both of these guys look like the real deal, and good for uh, Veach and that crew to, to nail somebody two people really in the first round when it had seemed like for years and years, they were just better on day two and day three. So, uh, you know, you saw in this game, the impact that both of these guys can have, uh, those are players that you want to be forever chiefs. I mean, I don't think they're going to, um, decline or anything, even into their mid twenties. So I'm intrigued to see how that goes as we, as we go, but, uh, still improving. Uh, and you know, you're in year two now, now the downside of this, and I, you know, I said this on Twitter, the, the, the Broncos had three touchdowns. One of them started on the Kansas City 39. One of them started uh, at midfield, and one of them started on the nine-yard line. The Chiefs' offense was not putting the defense into um, you know great positions. However, the Broncos, to an extent, ran all over the Chiefs. I mean, they really did. They were able to, once they got a lead, uh, get first downs uh, with the ball on the ground. Deontay Williams, uh, at times, uh, looked like he couldn't be stopped. Same thing uh, with that short passing game that they were doing with um, McLaughlin. And I think it's worth wondering maybe how much the Chiefs might miss Nick Bolton in that regard. And that's fine when the offense is cooking because the defense becomes or the other offense becomes one dimensional. But when the other offense has a lead and has the personnel to run it down your throats, is that going to be a liability for the the Chiefs defense? Uh, and so that that was a, you know, a good thing with those studs that i talked about but a little bit of a concern for me in a game where all we're talking about is how bad the offense was don't disagree i just don't think the defense was completely guilty when it comes to the or uh, innocent when it comes to the run game well you know they had what 143 yards on the ground i think in this game the vast majority of the of the yardage that they gained and what was it 3.8 yards i think uh per carry for the broncos and, you know, we look at that and go, oh, well, you know, the NFL average is 4.2 or 4.3 or whatever it is right now. So that's not very good. Nothing to write home about. But I'll tell you something. If you get 3.8 yards on every carry, you're going to get the first down and keep getting right. first downs. And, <laughs> so and the time of possession, right, is overblown generally, right? Like that general right, point right. Right, time, of, unless you're in the middle of a game and the team has a lead, then it's right. Then it starts mm-hmm. to become an advantage. Like then you can actually talk about it. It's just that the, the teams teams generally have a problem get, even getting a lead on the chiefs. So that to me is overblown. Like, Oh, they're trying to keep Patrick. Yeah. Keeping Patrick Mahomes off the field works when you have a, a five point lead. Then it, then that completely changes. And they were able to do that with the run games, a little concerning there. And I think an, an under talked about um, part of this game coming out of it, Steve, let's go back to you for your uh, second marinated takeaway. Well, I'm not going to let Andy Reid uh, escape from all my negativity around. <laughs> yeah, the that's right. Um, yeah. Here we go. 
So the first one was Patrick Mahomes. Uh, this one is more on Andy Reid, and and it's more really like, you know, we talk about the Chiefs' offensive struggles this season, but then you look at a team like the Philadelphia Eagles, which you know they're seven and one. Obviously, AJ Brown is just playing absolutely out of his mind right now. But if you look pretty closely at the Eagles offensively, like their passing game has actually been pretty up and down this season, despite AJ Brown just going off for six straight games. Like he has been on another planet, but the rest of their passing game has kind of been inconsistent this season. And what the Eagles do when it is inconsistent and when they're struggling, throwing the ball, they just run it down your throats and they just say, we're just going to run it until you can't, until you prove you can do something about it. And then they use that to open up the passing game and take those deep shots down the field like the like the like they like to do. I just wish, and I understand yesterday, everybody will say, well, the Chiefs were trailing in that game. They were turning the football over. That's why Isaiah Pacheco only winds up with eight carries in yesterday's game. I just really wish when the Chiefs are struggling on offense, can we get a little bit of an Eagles game plan where it's like, okay, we yeah. don't have it today throwing the ball. We're just going to run it down your throat until you prove you can stop it. And then we're going to try to use that to open things up and make things easier on the pass catchers down the field. Like I just once want to see Andy Reid do that. And it just doesn't seem like outside the Jets game, like he's willing to commit to it. And and it's really frustrating because we know that the interior of this offensive line is excellent at it. And I feel like it would really help the offense move things along and open things up if he would just lean into the run game more, I just want to see him do what the Eagles do on a weekly basis. It's a, it's a great point. And, 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 you know, I've, I've said for years that it always feels like the passing offense is even taking a little bit better when Pacheco's in that 15 to 20 range, that 12 to 15 range of, of carries. And in this season, it seems like he's even take a, taking a further step as like being one of the better backs in the NFL. And so when you do look down on a game like yesterday where the Chiefs are unable to get in the end zone, it is frustrating to see eight for 40. John talked about what you talk about, John, 3.8, eight mm-hmm. for 40. Quick math. That's five yards of carry. That guy's right. got to be touching the ball a little bit more. Right. I agree. And, you know, it wasn't it, it wasn't like it was a secret what the Broncos were doing. The first time they got the ball, uh, they were at midfield and it took them 10 plays to score. I mean, that's, you know, that's the definition of a, of a grounded out ground game, grinded out ground game. That's what I should call it. Grounded out grind game even. Mm. Um, and to, to use that many plays to go such a short distance and chew up all that clock, it was obvious right from the beginning of the game that that was going to be their strategy. Maybe somebody sitting upstairs looking down at the field should have whispered at Andy Reed's ear. Look, you know, we need to respond to this. If this is the game about... they're going to play, we that we need to do something about it. I thought you were talking about God for a second. You mean one of the coordinators? <laughs> like well, some, well, they've got people yeah. up there watching who are supposed to be <laughs> above it all. You know, right. not involved in in the minutia of what's going on on the sidelines to have sure. a big. Uh, you know, is Brad Childress still with the team doing that kind of thing? You know, he should be. Get, yeah. get, get Chili back. That's a that's a great marinated takeaway. I would love to see Chili yeah. back in the mix. Uh, John, do you have any other uh, takeaways from this game that you want to mention? Yeah, I do, actually. Um, And this doesn't really have anything to do with the Chiefs losing this game. Uh, I guess you could make an argument that it does. But there needs to be more separation between division games. I'm Mm. sorry. I just Mm. don't think this is the way that the NFL should do this, that you have a game against the same opponent 
one week away from the first one. There's nothing about that that's entertaining. There's nothing about that that's fun. And I mean, if we're going to do that, why don't we just have them play the two games as a double header? <laughs> back to back. You know, yeah. if if if, I, if they're going to come to the second game and go, well, we figured out what to do in the last game. We're just going to do that again. You might as well do it in a, a double header. You might as well I, just make it an eight quarter game. <laughs> I don't completely disagree with that. And I also think like that cliche of, well, it's really tough to beat a team three times in one year. It's kind of the same thing when you play them two times within three weeks. Like I, I feel like yeah. these are still two NFL teams. I mean, it's going to be a lot easier. It's a lot easier to split that when you're playing and you can kind of make those slight adjustments because you just saw them two weeks ago than it is, you know, when you face a team with a lot of weeks. Like you're going to see the Chiefs play the Chargers and they don't play them till January. They just played them. That's going to be two completely different game plans, two right. completely different teams. So there'll be different development at different positions. There'll be injuries and whatnot. I, I don't disagree. I, I think the league uh, could be better at that. This is going to be an unpopular take because it's super positive. I know Steve is going to hate it. Uh, this isn't the, the sky is <laughs> the sky isn't falling. I tweeted this out and I'm going to reiterate it here because I know that uh, not everyone is on uh, the Twitter uh, X thing, but this is a a season where you have seen. Uh, great teams drop games that they shouldn't have. Baltimore's lost to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Baltimore's considered one of the contenders of the AFC now. The Bengals lost to the Tennessee Titans. Tennessee is about thinking about selling everything off tomorrow. Jacksonville lost to the Houston Texans. Buffalo lost to the, the New York Jets. These are all teams that are considered contenders and still. And I, I think sometimes, you know, and, and a couple of those games that I just mentioned, they were division games. Division games are tougher. Um, this streak against the Broncos wasn't going to last forever. And, you know, I know right now we're all in freak out mode, but should the Chiefs be able to beat the Miami Dolphins, you're just going to be instantly feeling a lot better about this year. And here's another thing, too, like the championship team for the Chiefs had some adversity in the years that they lost the, you know, they all they all, every year had a couple losses. And so uh, this is a time to refocus and we'll see if the Chiefs can bounce back now against the Dolphins. And I tend to think if they can, now you're feeling way confident again going into to the bye week, which we know. Um, is really good for for Andy Reid as they get ready for what would be a a Super Bowl rematch on Monday Night Football. All you right, know, it always you. amuses me oh, when ahead. people talk about. It always amuses me when people talk about the Chiefs always, you know, play down to one opponent every year and play this terrible team and lose to them, and it's it's so aggravating that this happens to Andy Reid's teams. Well, you know what? It happens to all teams. It's mm. not just Andy Reid's teams that have this happen to them. This is what the NFL wants, is they want it to be possible for any team to beat any other team on any given Sunday. And it happens, not very often, but it happens often enough that any team can have this happen to them. It's the NFC, but just think about the Niners a couple weeks ago when they just smashed the Cowboys, 42-10, and everyone was just like, Super Bowl champs, stop the count. Now they've got three losses in a row to Cleveland, Minnesota, and Cincinnati. And it's just a completely different, and it's a week-by-week league, and we'll see what ends up happening now. Uh, Key is going to be the Chiefs responding really quickly here, and so we'll see if they can do that. Uh, The trade deadline's tomorrow. We will um, have some coverage on on arrowheadpride.com if anything happens with your Kansas City Chiefs. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, snap counts. We'll go over an injury that the Chiefs had in this game, and then current odds heading into Deutschland. That's Germany uh, for those keeping track at home stay with us <laughs> back here on the arrowhead pride editor show pete sweeney john dixon thank you for steve serta 
bringing bringing some of those uh, hot takes for us and marinated takeaways today. Uh, we talked about the wide receiver snap counts, John. So I might have stepped on your toes a little bit when it came to snap count takeaways. Anything else uh, jump out to you when when you take an initial look at the snap counts from this game? Yeah, you did walk on my toes there, Pete. Sorry so about that. What? Just watch your watch yourself, buddy. <laughs> just watch yourself. Well, uh, and you know we we kind of touched on uh, the running back situation as well. Just two uh, two snaps for Clyde Edwards-Alaire um, mm. on Sunday's game. Um, I, I, it's funny to me that people are always screaming for the chiefs to get rid of him. Well, you know, basically they have, uh, he's right. playing a very, very small number of snaps in these games. Um, he, he's essentially yeah. Ronald Jones now where yeah, he, exi- uh-huh. he exists. Yeah. Uh, in, if there's an injury to a running back, which happened by the way, all the time. So, uh, right. worth having him around in, in case an injury, not to say that he'd be able to pick up exactly what Isaiah Pacheco is doing, but I, I do think he, and this is probably a bad take too, but I do think he is better than like X running back off the street. Like to me, Oh boy, um, no, you're in trouble now. Pete. Is that not, that's not a good take. I'm sure everyone but, that's at PG Sween. <laughs> any, any, anything else uh, snap count wise? Yeah. Um, you know, all the linebackers played on defense yesterday, which we don't normally see because of, uh, Bolton being out, uh, Leo Chanel had the most snaps of the season at 68% and also played on 86% of the special team snaps. That fella got a lot of work uh, in the game against Denver and, and did pretty well. Um, and we kind of touched on a, on these things too. Uh, the highest percentage of passing plays this season, 72%. That's the highest it's been at any point this season. The Chiefs uh, offense is always bad when they do that yeah it really always is i know that a lot is is game script but that's a good point like they're never as good passing the football when they're passing that much they're they just aren't so right and the broncos ran the ball 62 percent of the time that was also the highest percentage for an opponent this year to run the ball so we saw extremes for both teams Um, and that, and a lot is made about Sean Payton and that's going to be the difference between a Sean Payton and revolving door head coach that we've seen for years and years and mm -hmm. years in Denver. Like he'll change his game. Like it probably was a surprise to Denver that they had the lead and had the lead so early and for so long. What do they do? They kept it. And how do they keep it? By doing something abnormal that they don't usually do by running the ball down the, down the opposing team's throats. Well, they, they certainly, you know, thought this would work against the chiefs and it did. Right. And you look back on it, and it sort of did the last time too. They just realized, okay, this was working. We need to mm-hmm. to tune it a little bit, and it'll work a little better. Finally, uh, one other thing about plays that comes out of the snap counts analysis: it's the highest percentage of defensive plays out of the total snaps that the Chiefs have had all season, and that goes back to the point we were making about the the Broncos grinding it out on the ground. Um, you know, Russell Wilson yesterday had a passer rating of 119 on 114 yards passing. So, you know, he had three passing touchdowns and passing touchdowns is a big chunk of passer ratings calculation, but it's not very often that you see a a quarterback have so few yards and get such a good passer rating. So again, that was the way that Broncos were doing things and it allowed Russell power, Russell Wilson to have a good game which he didn't have the last time these two teams played. So I try to give every NFL player the benefit of the doubt, man. I, 
There's something about Russell Wilson that does not want me to see him succeed. And so that's that's tough to hear, John. Thank you for delivering that news. Well, you know what? I I, I got some flack uh, for mentioning in the pregame article that uh, Russell Wilson and Patrick Mahomes were both top 10 in passer rating this year. And people were like, oh, no, that's, you know, the Mahomes has much better statistics. Well, I'm not saying he doesn't. I'm just yeah. saying that in passer rating, they were close. And, and that's of, significant, you know, speaking, so speaking, speaking of Peyton, like, I don't think he suddenly has reversed Russell Wilson into the champion of the Seattle Seahawks, but he's found a way to manage Russell Wilson to a point right. where they can win football games. They're very quietly here. What they're three and five. I mean, it, that's not like, mm-hmm. a, that's not like the season is completely over for them. So that was a big win for them yesterday. They go, they go into their bye week. It'll be interesting to see um, what they do against the Buffalo bills coming out. They got Minnesota, Cleveland and Houston. Um, all seemingly winnable games, so they can reverse it quick here. I tend to think they won't. I don't think they're going to make the postseason. I, as as everyone is saying, they won their Super Bowl yesterday. Uh, but an interesting team to watch in the coming years. I I, I do believe that Peyton can maybe reverse thing this thing from from misery to actually being a um, a team that competes sometimes. Well, which but is, if he does, that's going to involve making Russell Wilson an effective player in that offense because right. they're stuck with him for a while. So I, I, you know, your opinion is going to lead to something you don't like. So sorry. At least one one more year. Um, And then I probably have to move on. All right. Uh, Willie, Willie Gay Jr. Came out of the game with a tailbone issue. Uh, That was the only injury Andy Reid mentioned. There were some cuts to Patrick Mahomes' hands. They seem less concerned about that. I I believe, and we're learning on the fly here. International series is a little bit different uh, as far as coverage. Uh, again, the Chiefs are leaving on Thursday, so we won't even be in person for media on Friday. But um, we believe that the injury report is going to be normal. So we think we think we'll get the first one on Wednesday. And Willie Gay Jr. is the one to look out for. The Chiefs' uh, depth at linebacker being tested here uh, a little bit, and so you're not going to want to see Willie Gay out of this mix. Uh, one of the faster players, if not the fastest player, John, at the second level, and you're going into a game against. Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle and Raheem Mostert. So Willie Gay is a important, important player to make sure that you have. So we'll watch the injury report on Wednesday. Speaking of that Dolphins game, John, what are the uh, opening odds? I know you covered that for us this morning. Yeah, that's um, that's kind of interesting to me. Uh, you know, there's been, as you noted, a lot of sky is falling uh, takes that if the Chiefs can't beat the Broncos, who you know, gave up 70 points to the Dolphins. There's no way the Chiefs can beat them. Well, you know what? The community of property doesn't actually work in NFL. Um, that's been proven by mathematicians all over the planet. Um, but the Chiefs are actually favored by two and a half points in this game. Uh, mm-hmm. Even after losing to the Broncos in, in such a stupendously bad fashion on Sunday, they are still the favorite in this game. Um, where, which in theory, they're the visiting team. But of course, in these international series games, both of them are visiting teams. It's just that one of them is designated as the home team. In this case, right. it's I mean, the in, Dolphins. But in the odds, uh, they just they look at it as neutral field. So it's a, the home and away right. thing. Doesn't even matter with these. Right. Uh, very interesting. I I would have thought maybe it would be a uh, they call it a pick 'em where either, right. you know it could be either team. I I don't think <laughs> I think it's going to be a good game. I I don't. You know, for me, as a better, I, this, this to me is a no touch. I mean, I, I don't know what's <laughs> going to happen on, on Sunday. You know, I, I think either team can win this this football game. Sure. Well, that's that's actually what's pretty much meant by a two and a half point right. spread. <laughs> Usually when one of the teams yeah. is home, that's what it means. All right. Yeah, um, that's uh, that's it for the Arrowhead Pride Editor Show. We mentioned it. I'll mention one more time. Uh, the trade deadlines tomorrow, 3 p.m. Um, 
will have an article. Last year, I remember I put up an article that the Chiefs made no moves, and then all of a sudden Rashad Fenton was in the an Atlanta Falcon. <laughs> and I said, I'd forgotten about that right now. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I think I'll wait till 3.30 to uh, put that article up <laughs> uh, this year. Uh, but we'll have all the updates at arrowheadpride.com. If the Chiefs do make a move, and I look dumb, uh, I will be right here to tell you about it uh, right here on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. We'll do an emergency podcast. Uh, I, I tend to think it's going to be relatively quiet, but we will see. Uh, mm-hmm. Get us a rating and review so we have something to read at the beginning of next week's Arrowhead Pride Editor's Show. Keep it locked in at arrowheadpride.com and right here on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. Thank you to Steve Serta for all his wonderful negativity that we needed on a, a losing Monday like today. Thank you to John Dixon uh, for both of them. My name is Pete Sweeney. Thank you for joining us on another edition of the Arrowhead Pride Editor's Show. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.